Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell, joined as ever by Luke Niblock. Nib, thanks for coming on again. So today we're going to preview the Holland versus Northern Ireland match uh, on Thursday night. Um, so Northern Ireland have to get something from this game, pretty much if they want any chance of automatically qualifying for the Euros. We really need to get four points from Holland, which is a massive ask. Uh, so that means probably getting a point here in Holland, in Rotterdam, and then getting a win at Windsor. Absolutely massive task for us. So from the perspective of getting a point away at Holland against these super players, these world-class defenders, these potent attackers, how do we go about doing that? How do we approach this? Well, I mean, it's quite a scary prospect, isn't it? We have to go there and, and realistically get something. Um, so it's going to have to be one of those miraculous kind of last-ditch tackles, all that really scrap, like a scrap fest. I, I can't see them not scoring. So realistically, away from home, we're also going to have to score a goal. And with the injury problems we have, that could be quite a tricky feat. So, I mean, fingers crossed going into it, we'll see what happens. As long as we don't concede early, I think there's always, you know, half a chance at least. Not only with the injury problems, of course, as well, with the lack of potency of our strikers and yeah. the lack of goals in our squad altogether. I mean, especially with our, our main threat, would you say Jordan Jones being out? Uh, especially with, you know, strikers being missing. Um, and we haven't a lot of goals from midfield anyway. No. I mean, you mentioned that you think they will score a goal. For me, it, it like if we're going to do this, it is going to have to be a nil-nil or at best a, a one-all. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're we're going to have to def- we're going to really have to have to defend like keep that so so tight. Yeah. And, and to be fair, the thing I would say about that is, which is encouraging, is and we will come on to talk about the the lineup a bit later. But if you look at maybe the players you're guaranteed to start in this one, I would say it's Peacock Farrell. Dallas, Evans, Cathcart, Lewis, Davison, McNair. I'd yep. say they're the seven shoe-ins. Yep. So that's a pretty good, I mean, all, you know, five def- or four defenders, a goalkeeper, and two midfielders who have defensive duties, especially Steve Davis and his sort of role in this Northern Ireland mm-hmm. team. So do you think if we, you know, that back seven core, so to speak, yeah. is key to frustrating the Dutch? You know, yeah. do you, because, okay, we've, we've, you know, not great options up top, but from the perspective of keeping them keeping them to maybe a goal or even no goals at all. Yeah. Like, that's going to be key for us, you yeah. know, th- those seven. Well, I think you'd argue, like, you know, Washington aside, those seven have kind of been the key players for us now for a while. And so I th- it's all it really is about how we start the game. You know, I think those are players that I'd have a lot of confidence in um, grinding result out if they can keep it tight early on. It's literally all going to come down to those first, like, 20, 30 minutes. If we can frustrate the Dutch in those minutes... Maybe, you know, they'll be expect they will be expecting probably a win in this one. You, you know, they're gonna come into this game thinking, you know, we'll beat Northern Ireland, we'll do we'll beat them away as well. 100%. But if you can keep it nil nil, half time comes, suddenly it gets to sixty minutes, fans start getting in their back a little bit, maybe they have to make some rush some substitutions in. They don't have that much depth in terms of a forward line. So you might see a bit of frustration coming from the Dutch in general. And I mean, that's our, that's our route to winning this. Like you said, it has to be a nil-nil, a 1-1. There's no way we're going to score two yeah, there, man. Yeah, it's not going to be a Desmond. No. Um, just, just to bring a bit of context to the group. So if we were to lose this one, then from a perspective of automatic qualification, we would have to beat both Holland at home and Germany away. That's easy, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and not funny. only would we have to do that, because assuming that Holland and Germany pick up all their points, their 12 points against Estonia and Belarus, which we have to assume they are going to do. Yeah then it would come down to like goal difference or head to head between the between the t- between the three of us so Holland and Germany got a win off each other if as i've just said there Holland beat us and we do somehow win those two other games then the head to head would come would be equal so then there it would come down to goal difference now we've already 
conceded two goals to Germany. We're already 2-0 down in that one, so that would mean we would have to win one of those matches by two goals, at mm-hmm. least, depending on how many Holland would beat us in the away game. So mm-hmm. that's a completely unrealistic way for me. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about in the next podcast if we have been beaten i'm sure we'll find some way to put a positive spin on it yeah. or you know some mad dream that uh-huh. we could go and beat do germany 3-0 in some miracle i don't know imagine but you know it realistically we can say this now if we lose this one it is playoffs for us yeah um and that's you know that's not a that's not a uh, there's no shame in that because no. from this group I, absolutely nobody would have expected no, us to qualify no. not even the most ardent of Northern Ireland supporters yeah so our squad was announced a few days ago and sorry i do make this caveat every podcast is that we're <laughs> recording this on the sunday so yeah. any injuries or any changes to circumstance of the squad or whatever don't blame us yeah let's you know, hope we, not as yeah. well let's hope yeah no well yeah injuries. definitely also let's hope not yeah yeah uh, so our squad i mean fairly fairly standard jordan jones still out there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of ambiguity as to whether you know, some people have, were saying he was out for a month, other people have been saying for the season. Uh, I looked it up and I can't really find anything from Rangers, any confirmation as to how long he'll be no. out for. So maybe it's one of those where he's going to have to have an operation or surgery. I'm not exactly sure yeah. specifically what the injury is. So Jordan Jones isn't there. Um, the, the first thing that struck me is obviously in recent years at centre half, it's, we've, it's actually been a position where we're stocked with quality. So you look at for example, the Euro 2016 qualifying campaign where we had Johnny Evans, Gareth McCauley and Craig Cathcart. Yeah. And uh, those three were playing at the top of their game. They mm-hmm. were all playing the Premier League. And for me, my opinion was at times that, you know, Michael was playing three at the back purely to fit his three Premier League defenders into that, mm-hmm. you know, and he was just trying to fit as much Premier League quality into the team as possible, right, yeah. as is completely understandable. Yeah. But for me, I felt we were playing better with a 4-3-3 or yeah, four at the back. Our system, yeah. Even in the Euros, you know, Johnny Evans had to go to left back played really well but you know yeah. not naturally what he would like to do it's no. a bit like you know when when you know, scotland having kieran tierney and andy robertson in the same team yeah, you know they tricky. just don't really know how to fit them both yeah. in but they have to fit them both in yeah. because they're, they're two best players there. yeah um but that has all changed now because gareth mccauley's got on has now retired from uh from international football from football in general sorry yeah. same with aaron hughes yeah uh so our really only two center halves are johnny evans and craig cathcart mm. we've got Tom Flanagan, who can't get a game at League One level. No. Nope. Uh, previous centre halves like Luke McCulloch and all are just nowhere near it now. So we've brought in a guy called Kieran Brown. Kieran Brown, people might know him just because he he made the he he started the game against Luxembourg. And obviously Michael has brought him in and sees him as somebody who could be in the squad. There was mm-hmm. a guy, Callum Morris as well. Guys playing the Scottish Premiership. Just uh just to mention, Kieran Brown is he's twenty one years old. I've never seen him play apart never, from that game. Yeah. I would say he played already against Luxembourg. Yeah, Didn't really have a lot to yeah. do. Um he's at Cardiff on loan at Livingston at the minute, playing left back for them, even though he played centre half for us, and I'm sure will be seen as a centre half for us mm. uh, if he's ever needed. But how worrying is that then? Uh, from the perspective of those center halves, because it's not beyond possibility that Johnny Evans or Craig Cathcart could pick up an injury in the next month or two, yeah. or even prob- arguably more worryingly yeah. for the playoffs, which we'll probably have to go through. Well, yeah, let's not pretend that like Craig, Craig Cathcart and Johnny Evans are like 24, 25. You know, yeah. they're obviously they're starting to get into those those years now where they will eventually be like kind of faded out of the team. Yeah. And but so this is like, I mean, it's so crucial that those guys stay fit and also play a lot of football. I mean, Craig is Craig still been playing for Watford, Watford are in a he, funny situation, yeah. At the so they, they obviously changed managers yeah. every he missed a couple of games right. through, through injury. Yeah. And there was a bit of a worry as to whether he'd been dropped because their fans haven't been, have been quite critical of him this season. Yeah, they have. Uh, and maybe he's been scapegoated for their, for their poor form or whatever. But so he hasn't had the best start of the season, but I mean, still he's, 
absolutely key player for yeah. us. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's all about keeping those guys fit because at the minute it's really concerning the lack of depth we have there. I mean, I can't even really think of where the next Johnny Evans or the next Craig Cathcart actually comes from because realistically the two players you mentioned there, I mean, these we don't know anything about these players. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, they've played no international football, basically. Yeah, um, bar friendlies. Yeah, yeah bar, bar literally one friendly. So for me, it's it's there's definitely a big question mark over that. Um, and it's something that Mike will be monitoring. He's going to look to keep them fit. Um, you know, he won't be pushing them crazy um, in terms yeah. of training and things like that. He will want to make sure those guys are still fit for these games because it is the, the kind of crucial games now in this in this group. Yeah, and, Ma- and Michael's obviously the type of guy who is very good at sort of looking at the gettingoutancestry.com and seeing who is a yeah. Northern Irish grandmother and <laughs> getting these players to come for, play for us, like Jordan Jones, like yeah, Joe Savile. Very good at convincing these guys, yeah. you know, who maybe have no chance of ever making the England squad, but yeah. are more than good enough to be in our yeah. squad. Probably what we'd have to do in that in that situation is drop Paddy McNair down the centre half, mm. um, which you don't want to do because you don't want to lose your squad yeah. in midfield. But you lose so much. Also, I think I'd rather Paddy McNair playing there than Tom Flanagan. Yeah, you know, so a guy who can't get a can't get a game for Sunderland. Yeah. You know, so no. I, I just think that's a massive worry, and that's the first yeah. thing that struck me because in the past you'd say that's somewhere where we've been stocked with quality, mm. whereas now it's it's a place where you know one yeah. injury there is an absolute disaster. Yeah, for I us. think yeah, ultimately we always uh, we always knew that the centre house we had as much as they were Premier League quality and, and playing week in week out in that league, like they were aging. You know, like we knew this was eventually going to happen. It's just the f- it's come up now and we're starting to realise it with the the squad selection we have here. Yeah. It's just a realisation of that fact. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned obviously Johnny Evans and Craig Cathcart's age. I mean, they they are sort of. In you know, I think they're both in their early thirties now, so mm. they probably will be playing for us for a few more years yeah. to come. Especially seeing neither of them particularly rely on pace, so maybe we'll be able to play into their late thirties like Gareth McCauley did, do, yeah. like Johnny Evans did. Uh, another player is Matty Kennedy, who's been brought into the squad. Now I put a wee thing in the Facebook page that he had been training with the team before the Luxembourg and Germany games. So the reason he couldn't get in the squad was because we couldn't get his international clearance sorted. Right. I don't know how that works because he's actually born in Belfast, but mm-hmm. uh, has represented Scotland okay, at, uh, at under yeah. 18, under 19, under 21 yeah. levels. This is a guy who, and by the way, I know nothing about him. So this is all like Wikipedia or research yeah. that I've done. I'm not trying to pretend for a second that I've seen <laughs> this guy play or that I'm some sort of an expert on him. Um, but he actually he got a move to Everton when he was younger. I think when he was about 20, 21. Um, and was actually quite highly rated didn't quite make it there went back to Scotland and is now playing under obviously Tommy Wright uh, at St Johnson yeah. in the SPL uh, he's sort of a right sided player like a right winger uh, but can also play up front uh, Stephen Gerrard last season was very impressed with him uh, made some comments after the game about Matty Kennedy saying you know how well he led the line against Rangers Okay. in that game he's got a couple of goals this season scored at the weekend there I mean playing regularly in Scotland um, scoring you know a decent amount of goals yeah. a season for a winger. It's it can't do us any harm no, having him no there, you know, especially there. with the fact that, you know, some of our wingers, the likes of McGinn's getting on a bit, sure yeah. Dallas has converted into a fullback, Jordan Jones injured. Just having somebody like that around the squad, probably no better than what we have. Probably won't start for us yeah. in any of these games. Maybe mm-hmm. in the Czech Republic in this friendly we've got on the Monday after yeah, the game. Do, yeah. But yeah, for you just just encouraging to, to have people like that being willing to switch to us. Yeah, I don't see where there's any kind of issue with that. I think it's a positive thing to have in the squad. You know, it's always like interesting when you see a name that you don't really recognize. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of go off and look at what they've done. And for in case in the case of Kennedy, it's, it's someone who looks like he's got some positivity there, some potential to kind of to work to work well in the squad. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why there's any issue in giving him a um, bit of experience with the squad at least if he yeah. doesn't even play in these games I mean it's not much of a problem you know yeah. just give him a r- time around the team you know also it might be if the Dutch or the you know 
further on further down the line the Germans are sort of looking at our squad yeah um, having a look at where the threats are coming from it could be a bit of an unknown quantity I mean mm-hmm. we had Jordan Jones brought into the squad for that playoff against Switzerland yeah, brought on right. for the last 15 minutes yeah. just a bit you know yeah. an unknown quantity even for yeah, us so, absolutely and look what uh, happened yeah. some, something like that can't be can't yeah. be a bad thing no chance um, no. especially against those 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 teams yeah and especially in an area where we might have to target the Dutch so let's th- let's have a talk about the, uh, the Dutch squad because obviously the cliche about them right now is that they're amazing at the back but do they have the required quality up top right so Delict and Van Dijk two of the absolute best center halves in the world yeah I mean from the perspective of who we play up top it's actually it's not from the perspective of cam- scoring a goal yeah we're probably not gonna have a chance no unless there's a, a bit of a scrap or we get a set piece or something like that right from open play there's you know, there's very few strikers in the world who would fashion a chance against those two yeah true never mind what we've got up top so I mean what what do you what do you sort of think of that squad I mean let's talk about their attack because mm-hmm. um, so they're front normally they play front three Memphis Depay is a guy who Manchester United fans and fans of the Premier League in general will will just see as a flop yeah. for Manchester United and obviously he went there and didn't do too well but he sort of reinvigorated his career at Lyon in France. Mm, definitely scored, you know, two seasons ago got nineteen goals, thirteen assists in the league. Last year got ten and ten, which was a bit of a, a drop off, but still getting ten goals, ten assists in a major league is yeah. certainly nothing to be sniffed at, especially statistics. especially from like a Northern Ireland perspective. Yeah, exactly. This season he got four and seven in the league, so this is a guy who does score goals. He's got a very good goal scoring record at international level. Ryan Babel in, this, in a similar vein is somebody who Liverpool fans will know people will just know as like an old timer played in the Premier League 10 years ago didn't do particularly well so probably won't be too worried by him either no. but he's a guy who's got 2-7 and seven this season 5 goals 4 assists and 16 games for the relegation threat in Fulham last year yeah. who were absolutely terrible and you know Scott Parker came out and said that he was absolutely amazing and deserved to move on didn't deserve to yeah, be in the okay. championship uh, he's a guy who's got another really good record for them at international level since mm. he's been brought back in Right. So, you know, Northern Ireland fans may look at this, at the attack that Holland have and may say that, you know, we're not worried. These guys haven't cut it in the Premier League, so our Premier League defenders can deal with them. But they have got a good record at international level. And these guys have scored, Holland have scored goals in this group so far. They've beaten, they've scored four past Estonia twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored four against Germany, scored two against Germany at home. You keeping a clean sheet against these guys isn't gonna be isn't gonna be easy. Yeah, on the surface, like you kind of look at it and you think Van Dijk, Delict, you know that's where we have to worry. But and you don't think of these; they're not these huge names of like Dutch teams from the past. You know what I mean in terms of a forward line? But I don't really think you can look past someone like Memphis Depay. You know, I'm, I'm a bit, I watched him at United myself. I just don't think the Premier League was really necessarily for him at that time. Um, to me, he's just like so perfectly suited for European football. A lot of pressure on him. At United there was a lot of pressure on him, you know. And the t- there was a lot of things going on with that that team and our attacking line at the time. We had people like Martial coming through as well. He was getting more of the the limelight, you know, than than Memphis. Um, for me, he's one of those players that's like I said, perfect for European football. Probably perfect for the way Holland are playing, and he's always going to do well in that system. Babel's another one that just I seem to always see him when I see Holland highlights. Mm. Like he just seems to always be so heavily involved, and like he's one of those players that uh, you'll know yourself as a Liverpool fan. Like, you know, you don't necessarily take him so seriously as, no, as a footballer, but yeah. he seems to always pop up with a goal or you know goal or two for for Holland, which is odd enough. Yeah. And then this youngster coming through as well. I mean, fourteen goals. This is Malin, yeah. yeah. This is Malin, yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy is prolific right now for PSV, and he's only twenty. So he's someone that's gonna look at this game and think this is another chance for me to just build on what he's currently doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we can look at this game and think, you know. You know, to, me, to me that attack is, is prolific and yeah. you've already seen it in the group like you've mentioned so you have to keep an eye on that and we're going to just have to frustrate that attack because yeah. I mean have we seen what they're like when they've been really frustrated 
not necessarily. Not really, no. so, I mean, not a, from Estonia. Who, yeah, you know, we're gonna have, and, we're gonna yeah, put up more of yeah. a, a barrier than but, they did. But Germany so. opened up and all. They didn't really kind of put too much pressure on that attack. I feel like they, they they just seemed to open up against that attack. So if we can really frustrate Holland. I mean, has there been a game yet where they hadn't like scored in the first sixty minutes or something? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, certainly you would say if you look at the two teams who uh, the two lower teams, Estonia and Belarus, you would say that uh, Belarus are the type that could actually potentially frustrate you. So yeah. their game at home to them, uh, they went they won it four nil, but there was a mistake in the first minute, like a back a shortened back pass that just allowed them to get that first goal. Mm-hmm. Meaning Belarus had to go and score or had to have the mindset of going to of score going for to the score, rest of it. Exactly, so yeah. maybe it would have been interesting to see against them, you know, if they'd been frustrated for even half an hour. You know, yeah, would they, what would have happened? Would the yeah. crowd have gotten their backs? Or, yeah. But, I mean, we don't really know. We don't really have any evidence to go off on that. And obviously right. against Germany, um, I don't really think we can we can take too much from the way they set up in that game either, just because it's going to be such no. a different game to yeah. how it was against them. Yeah. Um, we should say, obviously, Malin's, Malin's a 20-year-old. Um, they've sort of been changing that third position about yeah. a bit. They've got, like... I think it's Bergwijn, is it? Yeah, Bergwijn is. Bergwijn, he's Bergwijn, had some sorry. really great. Yeah, he's yeah. had some great um, performances for PSV, for PSV again as well. Yeah. So Promes yeah. as well as a guy yeah, who Quincy Promes, I think yeah. Liverpool and United fans will know because they've been incessantly linked yeah, with him every transfer always, window since yeah. you know I don't know ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He's a guy that's been around, but I mean, he's he's a good player. He always yeah. posts decent numbers in the league. So, I mean, they have got quality in attack, but. Mm. Is it, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I mean, you look at the German team and the quality they had from midfield through the attack. Yeah. It was just filled with players who, you know, could, in the blink yeah, of an elite eye, players. could, you know, could yeah. just pick a moment of magic. Yeah. And no matter how well you defend, it, it's it still, can happen, it yeah. can just we happen like that. Whereas with Holland, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. These guys could could blank fire a blank in this one yeah. you know so True. that's encouraging for us they're good yeah. players but they're not they're not what germany have and they're they're not like wor- they're not wor- i wouldn't say any of them are world class players yeah i think we should always like build on what we did at windsor park against germany as well let's be honest i know obviously this is different this is away from home and it's a completely different atmosphere in that regard but i mean we should really look at that windsor performance as a positive to be honest with you against germany because for me like we did really frustrate that side it did take a moment of magic just after the stroke of half time yeah. to 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 get the lead for germany and then the, the, the second goal was just i mean it was a write-off you know it was yeah. we were chasing the game and they scored in the last minute so we have to build i have to look at that performance and think okay we managed to frustrate germany really well and not just frustrate them we actually had a bit of a goal at them yeah. i think it will be more of a frustration job I if that's so, the way to put it home, away yeah. from home rather yeah. than have any impetus on them in, in mm-hmm. on us but you know i think that we can build on that Germany game. We should not look at that and think that was a write-off. That was actually something. There's something there I saw in that performance yep. that we can take into to Holland and and you know and try frustrate these guys because we've proven we can do it against quality opposition. So. Definitely. And you mentioned you mentioned the second goal against Germany there. Obviously, Gnabry similar to Malin in the sense yeah. that released from Arsenal at a young age and yeah. has gone away into Europe yeah. and made a name for himself. Huge, so yeah. unbelievable. You know, we, we <laughs> four goals three, against Spurs. Three, three, there, so, three yeah. players who didn't cut it in the Premier League, yeah, but exactly. have gone away and have made themselves yeah. probably the first choice top three. You can do it um, for Holland. So it'll just be interesting who they who they play on the other on the other side there yeah. in, in that front three, or even if they play a front three at all, because away to Germany they played three at the back. Uh, they brought Daly Blind in and played centre half. Um, yeah, they've got options in that regard, yeah. can't in terms of system. So it's hard yeah. to see what they're going to do from the perspective of their midfield. Obviously, the two shoe ins there would be. Frankie de Jong and Genie Wijnaldum. Yeah. Uh, the third... You can play like Darun uh, sometimes. Yeah, they've got Darun, yeah. they've got Davy Pripper. So yeah. the third centre midfielder for them isn't exactly a, no. a household name or no. is 
it hasn't got a load of quality. They haven't got that real quality third yeah. centre midfielder there. But I mean, Frankie de Jong, he's got his move to Barcelona, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure how he's been doing so far. I haven't far kept an eye on it, but I mean, he's one of those players. He's just going to be elite in he's a few amazing. years. So he's going to yeah. be like one of the world's best players. See his, see his goal against Germany as well. Oh, like yeah. I mean, yeah, showed, yeah. You know, so, you know, we even, know this guy's even if we do frustrate those front three, yeah. even somebody like him can just yeah. provide that moment of quality. Totally. When Eldon is somebody who's a Liverpool supporter as well, who I know has massively stepped up his game in the last couple of years. So the thing I would say about Genie Wijnaldum, though, is where he is least effective is in games where teams sort of park the bus. Yeah. Um, if there's pressure on him in midfield, I mean, he's one of the strongest guys for his size and for his build. Strong guy, is he? One of the strongest guys yeah, okay. ever to play for Liverpool. Okay. Uh, he's just great at holding on to the ball. Yeah. Ball retention is amazing. But sometimes, if there was one criticism I would have about Genie Wijnaldum, and he has improved his game in this regard in the last couple of years, and you can see that from his gold scoring record for Holland, where it's amazing, yeah. playing a bit further forward. And um, the one thing I would say is he is at his least effective when we do park that when teams do park the yeah, bus. Yeah. Obviously, that happens quite a lot, you know, for Liverpool. So maybe that's the reason he hasn't quite yeah. kneeled down a spot in that Liverpool yeah. midfield. Obviously, an absolutely brilliant side. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure you're happy to admit yourself. And <laughs> um, so the, what I would say there is, you know, from that perspective, if we are going to have to sort of nullify that midfield as well because there's quality in that midfield yeah. but it would be sort of a parking the bus job yeah, yeah. well it, it, that's interesting you say that then so if Gini Wijnaldum maybe isn't so great against like a team that is parking the bus so yeah. to speak you know you've got De Jong we know De Jong is a huge name but he is a holding midfielder like he's kind of like a bit of a Busquets a Sergio Busquets yeah. kind of role that he plays for them so he's somebody who's all the white kind of just holding on to the ball he'll spread the ball left and right and then in the terms of a third midfielder, it's not exactly an explosive goal scoring midfielder. You know, it's someone like we've mentioned like a Davy Proper or maybe like a Darun. So in that case, if we can park the bus and really frustrate them, I say park the bus, you know, but I mean yeah. that's essentially Low what block. we're gonna try yeah, to do. Well, I mean, blocks, you know. that, yeah, no shame at all. I went to Holland. But I think that in a way then means you might be able to nullify anything coming from that midfield and then it will just be about that front three and then that means a lot of yeah. pressure being on our fullbacks things like that do you know what I mean it's rather than you know in the midfield but they, yeah, they we've got a job there still they clearly yeah. are a free flow on attacking side but yeah. from when you sort of break it down into the actual players you know there is no reason why we can't frustrate them for large periods of the game yeah. and maybe have to get something on the break totally but from that perspective and what I said about Wijnaldum then would you set up differently to how we did against Germany so clearly against Germany we put a lot of pressure on them a lot of pressing first half especially was madly high intensity our sort of legs fell off yeah. a bit the second half weren't really able to replicate yeah. that but it was still a decent second half performance mm -hmm. against Holland would it be more of the typical O'Neill performance I against a way to a world class side it's like a, it's a hard one to answer because I, I loved seeing how what our effect of our press was but I do think like it's it is slightly different away from home I do feel like just with us I don't know and I think Michael will just do it slightly differently mm -hmm. I think at Windsor he felt like he had the onus to kind of do that and, and get the crowd behind them when they're pressing and you know that that crowd can just give you that extra edge just to keep you pressing for like another 10-15 yeah. minutes more than you normally would yeah. um, so for me like I think it will be slightly more pragmatic uh, in terms of approach because um, that's what we've seen Michael do yeah. in these games away from home in Europe you know this is just what he is, he is as a manager and yeah, he, he is a pragmatic manager he's a pragmatic guy and he's not gonna stray away from that easily you know he's someone who's kind of rooted in his own his own system you know so for me it will be slightly more pragmatic but it's a shame to say that in in, a, in some way yeah. some ways because I think both of our both of us when we were watching that game we just loved that press so and how effective yeah. it seemed so to be against them like early on like we're forcing Kroos into that mistake things like that chance we could well have scored it had not been for Neuer making a great save yeah. things like that was just it was so refreshing to see.
because that is how you can create chances against top sides when you're seen as a much weaker side on paper. You know, that is how you can do things like yeah. that, force mistakes, yeah. you know. Um, you mentioned about Michael being a pragmatic manager there, and that's actually not a criticism because pragmatic no, just... No, no. Pragmatic, people think pragmatic just means defensive. Yeah. Pragmatic just means, like, the, the, the easiest, shortest route to victory. Basically. So, you know, in the, in the game, so if you're being pragmatic but getting four points from Holland with this limited squad that he has... You're probably looking to get the point out there and getting three points at home. So yeah. you might see a very different performance if we get a point out there, three parking the bus. Yeah. I'd say at home you'll see a performance similar to the, yeah, the, the one press, we did against the Germany really because press, yeah. against Germany it was with a clear intention of getting a goal. Yeah, we were the better team in that first half. We should have been gone in one nil up. So mm. against Germany we actually tried to win the game. I'm I, I'm sure Michael will have a plan for how how we break and how we maybe expose the fullbacks as we'll come on to talk about in a wee bit, but. From the, from the perspective of it's going to be mainly about containing them, whereas against Germany, while it was about containing them, there also was a clear threat on the break. There was a clear mm-hmm. idea, as you say, nick the ball off Kroosk, we got a chance from that. You know, there was, I think, scoring a goal was as much of a part of the plan against Germany as keeping them out, whereas I think against Holland, it's going to be far yeah. more heavily weighted to the keeping keeping, keeping them out. the might yeah. side of things. Yeah, big time. No, yeah. I agree with you on that one. I think it will be a slightly different approach in that regard, which I think is fine, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. 100%. Case, um, yeah. Well, from the perspective of potentially getting a goal, if you look at that Holland side, you might say that the fullbacks are one, probably the weak point. I yeah. mean, you've got Daley Blint there, who, and I think it's, it's Joel Veltman. So yeah. they're the two Ajax center, um, sorry, the two Ajax fullbacks. Yeah. And it seems ridiculous talking about those two as, as potential weaknesses because... Yeah. These guys are, they should have been in the Champions League final true, last year. You true. know, they were a millisecond away, yeah. a chance away from being in the Champions League final playing with those two. Yeah. Again, Blint, somebody didn't really cut it at United, but has obviously made a name for himself for Ajax. But yeah. I mean, from with Jordan Jones out, you'd say, you know, somebody like Gavin White, if he started, could he potentially get at a Blint, especially a Blint who is going to be going forward, you know, they're, they're going to have to be pushing for the goal, so yeah. could that leave a bit of space for somebody like that? I mean, should we be targeting the fullbacks, would you say? Well, potentially, I think we looked at, remember we looked at the Germany game and said the same thing, and a fullback ended up scoring a screamer, True. so like, it's, it's one of those but things. But we also did get joy down. Yeah, we did, we did, we did, so I mean, there was kind of weight to what we said, and I yeah. think it, if there is anywhere, I mean, you're not going to say target Van Dijk, you're not going to say target to Vic, do you know what I mean? So we had, like ultimately we kind of have to target the fullbacks that's just kind of the route we have to take because you're not getting past those two in the middle I mean to be fair if there's any time to play Van Dijk it might be right now fair enough I know that sounds ridiculous to say that like it's probably the most void thing to say because I mean (laughs) Van Dijk is just a colossus but he has shown a couple of signs recently just a little bit of shakiness it could just be one of those weird things that somehow plays in our favour we're kind of relying on these strange bizarre things to work in our favour but I, it's well, that's what we need. Yeah, it's going to have to be something. We need Van Dyke to somehow if that, slip, yeah, you know, or just something. It's just, yeah. Because <laughs> the guy's going to catch up with everyone. He's going to just shove everyone out of the way. We need the man to fall over, literally, yeah. and see Josh McGinnis run through and yeah. slot one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know what's more like, I don't know what's more unlikely there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit, when you put it like that, it becomes a bit of a worry. But yeah. no, we have to target the fullbacks, realistically. That will be the approach for Michael. You'll have seen in the Germany game, we've got similar joy. And you're talking about two fullbacks that are probably quite similar in terms of philosophy to the two German fullbacks, you know, people who like being on the ball and don't necessarily like getting ran at. Yeah. So, I mean, Veltman has played a lot of centre-half as well and so has okay. Daley Blint. So, so Blint, yeah. these aren't necessarily, you know, fullbacks by trade, you yes. know, so it will be interesting to see that. And of course, there's a lack of pace in both of them as well, I believe, okay. um, in both those fullbacks. I mean, Blint was, ne- I've watched him many years at United. Mm-hmm. He was never a fast player. He never relied yeah. on pace. And Veltman, being a centre-half, he was never much of a sweeper either. He was just kind of more of that guy to sit there and do the job. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'd look at those fullbacks and think that's our that's our way of getting at them. It's just who we play in those wing positions. Yeah. You know, how, how do we get at them? Do we overlap in the fullbacks? Is that too yeah. risky? You know, things like this. There's a lot to think about. We'll hold that thought on the wingers just for a second. Yeah. So we are going to come on to that in a couple of minutes. But something I just wanted to say there, that's interesting what you said about the, the pace of those two because I didn't yeah. really know that. I also didn't know that Veltman had played at centre half. Yeah. I mean, Blint is somebody you've seen a lot more of than me. Yeah. And obviously, he's been away for a few years, I think, from United now, so... I don't know why we ever sold the guy. I put that in there okay. as well, but... Yeah. Because yeah. I think he's a quality footballer. Okay, was he, was he good really for United? Gets, I was under the impression that he no, wasn't highly rated. He's really gifted on the ball, to be honest okay. with you. He's one of those players that can find that ball in the final third. Like, he's... Yeah. I, I wish he was still playing, like, a holding midfield role for us mm-hmm. or something, but, yeah. I think he's quality. And from, like, the perspective of centre-halves playing at, at full-back, you would assume that you automatically think in your head, okay, they're going to be good defensively and not good going forward, but also... It is just a completely different position to play defensively, and we have mm. seen centre halves go out there and get completely exposed, yeah. especially with a lack of pace. So, yeah. okay, let's go on to the wingers. Who would you play on the wings? Would you go for pace? What are you sort of thinking there? I think you have to have some pace in there. Like without Jordan Jones, you need to have some other kind of substitute for the pace. So, I mean, Gavin White to me is someone who who will run at a fullback. He will kind of try cross cause problems. He's been playing football. I think you mentioned you you made a post on Facebook actually in the week there about um Gavin White's role at Cardiff yeah. and what Neil Warnock did you want to even touch yeah, on yeah, that I'll, I'll, I've got down here what, uh, yeah. what Warnock said let me just get it up one wee second yeah. so so this is Neil Warnock um, so the BBC were showing Crusaders Linfield on Friday night yeah. um, and at half time instead of doing some analysis yeah. well they did a bit of analysis but they, they couldn't really talk about it for more than yeah. 5 or 10 minutes so they did a feature <laughs> on Gavin White obviously being somebody who was sort of grew, grew up playing in the Irish League playing for Crusaders um, so they did an interview with Neil Warnock Neil Warnock said, I haven't seen a lad like Gavin in many years and I've had some good players. He's a manager's dream, just my cup of tea. He's naive, but a breath of fresh air. What I call an old-fashioned winger who gets the ball and runs at people. He only came here as a backup and now he is a regular. He's probably doing a little bit too much defensively, although the fullback isn't complaining. I want him to be doing a bit more going forward and scoring goals. And then he went on to sort of talk about how he hits the under-23 league because it's just pass, 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 and how it was brilliant yeah. that, that, uh, that Gavin White was brought up in Northern Ireland in a Ironic man's league, so, which is probably the most... Classic Neil, Neil Warnock. Probably the most Neil Warnock thing Neil Warnock's ever said. But there probably is a wee element of truth to that as well, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, Gavin White did play four years in the Irish League. Um, he mentioned some. He said something really Neil Warnock. He said something like... Uh, uh, if you if you don't learn quickly, you end up on your backside. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you just tell Neil Warnock hates oh, like God, youth amazing. football where they're all yeah. told to, to pass it around. That's but, so funny. But also, it is encouraging because Neil Warnock is a, is a good manager. He's an experienced manager. Uh, he's somebody who's got plenty of promotions. Um, he's very he's a very good specific type of manager. Yeah. He's a very good manager when teams have very low percentage of possession. I think Cardiff have a pretty like in the Premier League they were by far the lowest. Uh, possession side in terms yeah, of average possession so. over the whole season this season I mean I know we've got a friend who supports QPR as well but against uh, against QPR Cardiff um, uh, Cardiff had 28% possession and won 3-0 Three so wasn't it? Yeah. he's pretty perfect at doing that Gavin White got an assist in that game yeah. so I mean something that's interesting as well is the quote there is he's probably doing a bit too much defensively although the fullback isn't complaining I want him to be doing more going forward and scoring goals so that sort of shows that we can trust Gavin White to do the defensive work and yeah. that's pretty important obviously playing against a team yeah. much better than us and that was kind of the question mark we labelled over him wasn't it like we said with Gavin White like against potentially against Germany will he do that defensive job and help you know a Dallas you know going def- going backwards Um, so to me that looks that's pretty positive yeah. I mean you, I'm looking at those comments I'm thinking that's great mm-hmm. so I, I'd be putting someone like Gavin White in here yeah. you know I, 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 I would, would look too. to the yeah. and say you know what what is wrong with doing that he's got a bit of pace 
you know, he's someone who will go up and down the pitch. And he, he honestly always does take on his fullback. Like, uh, that's the one thing I've noticed about Gavin White. Yeah. He seems to always take on the fullback. And he, he has a really good understanding down that right channel with, with Stuart Dallas. Mm-hmm. So why not? You know, I yeah. think I think play this guy, man. And yeah. in terms of the other wing, that's the, that's where it's a bit harder for me. You know, okay. do you go with someone like Nal McGinn? Yeah. That's a tricky one. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, um, just, just to finish up on Gavin White. Yeah. Um, so he obviously he was brought in as backup, but he's yeah. actually really been a mainstay in that Cardiff side, and yeah. in a Cardiff side who have good wingers as well. And we did the Northern Ireland, we did the Northern Ireland transfer roundup podcast. Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit, and I think you were the same that we weren't convinced in that transfer. We didn't yeah. say it was a bad transfer, but no. we were a bit like it's about the minutes for Gavin White. Should he done another season yeah, in the league one? See on it. Yeah. Got a few more goals, and then really been ready to move up. But like fair play to him, he's proven me wrong, and he's pro- obviously proven Neil Warnock wrong with those comments yeah. there. So hundred percent, I would start Gavin White. Yep. I think he is going to be our outlet he's going to be the guy that is going to provide that dynamism yeah. that energy that might just score us that goal yeah. that we need to make a big night at Windsor yeah. Park uh, on the left so that's a, that's a tricky one now so Niall McGinn played there against Germany didn't really have an impact which is understandable yeah. Niall McGinn's a guy who is playing regular football for Aberdeen at a decent enough level in the Scottish Premiership so from that perspective I'd say he's a guy that you know if if you were looking at his qualities and what he can offer us in that game it is delivery um. So, but maybe isn't gonna sort of skin Veltman. Isn't gonna take him no. on to an extent. The only other options are maybe Shane Ferguson is somebody who's been brought in from Millwall quite recently. Yeah, playing regularly in the championship in the last couple of games. I got sent off in a game recently there, but was brought back in when he was back from his suspension. Mm-hmm. So he's playing in that attacking position, even though no Ireland fans might know him as a wing back. Mm-hmm. Matty Kennedy playing on the left can't see him doing that no, can't see that, that sort of baptism happen. of fire it's not no. very Michael O'Neill uh, you could play Dallas down the left but again I think we need him at yeah, fullback yeah we'll be there at fullback I think so what, what now again probably I think it'll be best of a bad bunch th- the interesting there that's harsh sorry yeah well yeah. I guess I mean Ferguson for, that's an interesting one just because I mean if he maybe wants to have that double up kind of defensive side of things down that left hand side he might give that that's a good bit of protection there for, yeah. for Jamal Lewis who's someone that's actually had some injury concerns recently uh, was a yeah. bit of a scare but uh, but he was playing for but he, he will so be playing yeah, be okay, yeah but yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking yeah. please no this oh is the God. last thing we need but Shane Ferguson is an interesting one I don't think he'll start him he might bring him on I, yeah. in fact he probably will bring him on if, if it's coming into the really game known to do 90 minutes yeah McGinn's Ireland. not you know, yeah. he's getting on so he hasn't yeah. maybe if, he, if Michael just says to him you know give us 60 60 minutes and then I think I think it will be McGinn yeah. to be honest with you and I, I, and I wouldn't complain either I think that's we're so without Jordan Jones there there's just not enough options yeah. I really I think McGinn for the, I, I hate the word experience in football I hate it because mm-hmm. it's like so overused it can just be so this, yeah. overused but in this case I think it actually is pretty relevant yeah. to be honest with you in that attacking lineup. yeah and now McGinn is known to give to give you yeah. you know good defensive work yeah. as well. And so. he scored a goal against Ukraine, so that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, and, he, he's, and uh, we have to remember from in those two home games to start off the campaign, he actually played quite well. Yeah, on he them. did play well. I mean, yeah. I questioned the selection, but he got yeah. the goal, provided a lot of quality yeah, looked dangerous. from coming in from that uh, left foot. Obviously, he would be playing on the left hand side rather than the right hand yeah. side. That could work so, as well yeah. for delivery side of things. Yeah. You know, he could just whip the ball in on his left. I think it's more of a case of get to the byline and whip a ball into big... Yeah, uh, and then anything can happen in that case, you know, we never know. So yeah, I'd go McGinn. Okay, Uh, so uh, White and McGinn were agreed in that one. Yeah. Uh, So the other two is centre mid and striker. Uh, So obviously we've said there, uh, compared to how we played against Germany with the four centre midfielders to really try and and thwart that, uh, that the the quality the Germans have Mm -hmm. in midfield. So we played Corey Evans and Savile in this one. I think in this one it's going to have to be one of the two. Neither are playing regular football. Uh, Corey Evans has played a wee bit more than George Savile this season. And he played at the weekend there. Um, was brought in for a game a couple of weeks ago as well, but has mainly been an unused substitute all season. Same as George Savile for Middlesbrough. So 
that's a bit of an interesting dynamic there because last season with Tony Pulis, Savile was the guy who was playing every week uh, and Paddy McNair couldn't get a look in unless it was a centre half and then Woodgate's come in this season, has struggled quite a bit but had, Paddy McNair has been his main man and if you sort of look at Twitter, I know Twitter isn't the, the best uh, the best barometer idea, idea yeah. barometer, exactly, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for, of how, of how fans think or how you know wise, intelligent fans yeah. think but Middlesbrough fans do seem to like Paddy McNair so neither of them really get the game who would you prefer in this one Evans is going to give you the energy Savile might give you a bit more quality I actually think both will probably give you energy but I just think Corey Evans is the guy for the, for an away game like this I just think he's more the one he'll, he'll, I think he'll just do a job in midfield a bit more effectively when we're just off the ball so much yeah. do you know what I mean I I George Savile is someone you want on the ball more so than off the ball and Corey Evans is kind of the opposite like he's someone who will just recycle the ball pretty quickly and he just he won't he'll take, get a lot of touches of the ball but he's not someone who's going to hold the ball very long for me he's someone yeah that off the ball he can do a job on someone like I mean like a Wijnaldum potentially yeah. someone who will want to be getting forward and get involved with the yeah. front three so I think I'd go Corey Evans yeah. just because We've said before about Corey Evans on the podcast a few podcasts ago that we weren't his biggest fan. Yeah. But he's honest, honestly, in that, that Germany game, he impressed me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any reason really to kind of be downtrodden about playing Corey Evans in a game no. like this. I think it's fair yeah. enough to play him. And he's showed a leadership role as well recently. Yeah, and I, th- I think I mentioned in the in the reaction podcast to the Germany game that I, I thought he was up there for Man of the Match yeah, for us just yeah. because of what he offered. And the thing I liked about Corey Evans in that Germany game was he would get the ball out wide and he would uh, you know he, he would he wouldn't try and whip across in he wouldn't try and provide that killer pass no. or that perfect ball that dropped no. in between Sula and Ta on the yeah he just releases head. it quickly you know, he mean. knows his limitations and yeah. like if in a game like that okay in a game at home to Estonia or at home to San Marino or somebody Corey Evans is going to be pretty much useless because he's not going to provide us with a goal he's not going to provide us with a killer pass No, but in, in a game like this if he's just told you know give us as much energy as you can and then um, you know, when you're on the ball, just give it to somebody better than you. Yeah, that sounds basically. harsh, but that no, should it's be true. His There's players like that. Yeah, I mean, I think like Scott McTominay at United at the minute. Mm-hmm. Similar, I know yeah. he's he's kind of one of our shining lights, but he is someone that ultimately doesn't have amazing ability to the ball, and he yeah. just recycles it quickly. Yeah. So yeah, I I would say play Corey in okay. this one. And George Savile's like somebody who can come on maybe if we're yeah. one nil down with twenty minutes to go and provide us yeah. with a bit of quality. We know he's got a sweet left foot. Yeah. Me and you're big fans of him. Obviously, he hasn't really kicked on as much as no. we would have liked in the last year. Has lost his place in that middle yeah. team. Maybe he has to move on from Middlesbrough. Find Could a manager do. who believes in him. Um, but that's a potential substitution for us. Yeah. So the only uh, we've agreed on pretty much the whole team so far. I yeah. think we're going to agree on this next one as well. Yeah. Uh, I ran a poll on Facebook this week on the spirit of 2016 Facebook page. We plug there. Yeah. Uh, and that was so Facebook only actually lets you put two options in a poll for a page, which is weird. Um, but I think there are only two options for this game anyway to play up front. Um, I don't think Kyle Lafferty who has barely kicked the ball all season and really hasn't shown much for Northern Ireland since since 2016, really. Basically. I don't think he's going to be an option for this one. Liam Boyce did score a couple of goals yesterday, so potentially he'll be there, but he's been sort of off form for a while, has lost his place in the Burton team, just brought back in, obviously, for the weekend there. Sort of been in and out there in League One, so again, not convincing, and even when we've seen him play up front for Northern Ireland, even the things he's supposed to be good at, in the air, holding the ball up, he hasn't really shown a lot. So for me, it is between Josh McGuinness and Shane Lavery. So completely different strikers, going to offer you completely different things. And people might sort of look at us talking about Lavery here and say, this is completely ridiculous. This guy's an Irish league player. He's 20 years old. We're going to be playing with 10 men the whole time. But the argument for Lavery would be that he offers something that he offers you what we lose in Washington in terms of the press in terms of, of that. But in terms of from a quality point of view, do you think playing in the Irish league at his age, 
It's it's it. Do you think it has to be Josh for this one, or would you go completely wild card and go Shane Lavery? I I, I do like the idea of of like Shane Lavery being this kind of like I don't know B tier Washington or something yeah. like this kind of this player that will come in and give you high energy, high octane player. But I yeah I I sided with Josh on the poll, mm-hmm. um, and I think I'll probably stick with that. Okay. Just because he has scored important goals in this qualifying campaign for us, like yeah. he has scored a few goals already, I know he's just it's it's not an ideal situation for us playing yeah. Josh McGinnis away to Holland. Yeah. But I just think Lavery he could come on maybe later in the game if we if we are needing a goal. Yeah. I just I don't think I play him from the start. I just yeah. he's too much of an enigma. Really, we've only seen these these little moments. So for me, I just. You know, there will be people that will side with Lavery. Yeah. Um, and 38% of the ball went Lavery. 38% said Lavery. 62, and you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't blame them for that. I yeah. wouldn't say that's that's, that's the completely the wrong idea. It's just for me, I would go Josh personally. Yeah. Um, in this one, yeah. I'd play okay. Josh. And just that's more just from instinct. That's not really... There's no real rhyme or reason to it. I would mm-hmm. just kind of go Josh for, again, yeah. what he's done in the group already and with a couple of goals there, yeah. things like that, you know? And we're... we're, we're it's, it goes without saying we, we're not massively well-stocked in attacking options. No. Connor Washington would definitely start in this one for what he offered us against Germany. Um, I, yeah, I, I would probably agree with you. I mean, if I saw Lavery in that team sheet, you know, I would be excited on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't true. get me wrong. And I'd be interested to see how that sort of dynamic played out. Um, but I think just the risk is that you're playing with 10 men. I mean, Shane Lavery is a guy who scored, you know, really good goals for Linfield in Europe this season against far superior opposition. Got a hat trick a couple of weeks ago against Glenavon. Hat trick in the first fourteen minutes, but there have been even games in the Irish league this year. Take Crusaders, uh, Linfield on uh, Friday night there, where he has sort of you know not really offered anything. And for me, if if, she, if Michael O'Neill is to take that risk, and it would be like the most un Michael O'Neill thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have to be scoring a hat trick every week in the Irish League and yeah. doing what he did in Europe. So, but as you say, they're interesting you know, from the bench. We do have quality to come on for the bench, or certainly you know unknown quantities or people who can offer us something, which is which is definitely encouraging because if you know if it is, if they do, for example, get an early goal, that would mean we don't have to change our game plan too much. The game plan might be you know get to 60, 70 and then we can bring these guys on, bring on a Kennedy, a Lavery. Um, who else do we mention? Like a Ferguson or somebody, or um, just somebody like that who who can provide that that killer ball, or um, or George Savile we said as well. So yeah, it's, it Savile is encouraging there. to have options on the bench because we will need that if 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 as is very possible we do find ourselves one nil down with mm-hmm. ten minutes to go, fifteen minutes to go. So Josh McGuinness, I I think we can agree on McGuinness there. Yeah. So yeah. J- just quickly and. Um, we're not going to touch on this too much because it is a bit of a stupid point, but uh, it might be a slight bit of a talking point. Michael McGovern has got himself back into the north, uh, the north side yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it has only been because yeah, of been the forced, right? that Krul was injured, and uh, I can't remember what their second choice keeper's called, yeah. but he he was injured as well. So, yeah. um, but he he did quite well. He uh, he saved a penalty at the weekend, albeit they lost five <laughs> one. Um, yeah. I saw a match today. He actually wasn't really a fault yeah, for any of the goals. So. But no, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would he, would, could he do it for this one game? Because Peacock Farrell hasn't been playing. Or I just think it'll still be Bailey. Yeah. To be honest with you, like maybe he could have done better for the second German goal, but like I yeah. just think Bailey. Has but he, yeah, he earned the right to that yeah. because of how he played all night. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I, just, so. I feel like he he's been fine. There's no real reason to drop Bailey right now. It's slightly different with keepers when they're not playing football, ever so slightly. I'd mm-hmm. still obviously ideally want my keeper to be playing football. Yep. But it is, you look at like someone like, I've been watching, I'm a big United fan, I've been watching United now, obviously with Romero and things like that. He can come in despite not playing football and just put in a worldie. Like yeah. he's one of these so good coming out, like just coming into the team like that. So 
Peacock Frost open training. He's, he's, I think he's the number one. I don't he's see why you change. Playing in the under 23 yeah, he's league as well, 20, so exactly. he is playing some sort of football. I don't see why you change your number one Yeah, in a game like this. No. no fair enough. Uh, I agree with you, Bailey Peacock-Farrell. And yeah, uh, as somebody who hasn't been playing, it's not like it's a midfielder who's going to be two or three yards off the pace. Yeah. You know, okay, it might be a bit of a thing with sharpness, but I'm sure we'll have him in I think, in yeah, I think Bailey, why not? And he's still a young guy, so, you know, he's yeah. not going to really lose the sharpness, yeah. I don't think, with not playing for... It would be a shame to take him out of the side for any so. reason in a game like this. I think yeah. he's realistically he's going to be our keeper now for a good few years, hopefully. So. Hopefully hopefully the next 10, 15. Yeah, exactly. So really I, don't, I don't want to take a guy like that out of the side for a game like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just keep him in. Completely agree. So, Peacock Farrell, Dallas, Evans, Cathcart, Lewis, Davis, McNair, Corey Evans, uh, White, McGuinness, McGinn. Yep. That what we're going for? Uh, that's my side as well. That's yeah. the team that's going to have to get us a point in Holland. Lovely. Otherwise, we're going through a grueling playoff. Yeah, yeah. Semi-final Gosh. and final. <laughs> Can't wait. In, uh, in March. Yeah. I will, obviously, um, we did a post on the, on the on the Facebook page that explained, I'd like to think explained quite well, uh, our chances of getting a playoff and who we might play in that. But if we do then lose this one on the Match Reaction podcast, I will touch on we'll that talk a about bit that, more because yeah. then that is the route we're going to have to take. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on this one? Well, no, we'll just, I guess, do our predictions. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I don't want to be negative, to be honest with you, <laughs> but like I, when it comes to predictions, I always want to try to get it right. Do yes. you know what I mean? So I'm a bit competitive in that way. Yeah. Um, I won't well, let... Yeah, kinda, you, got, you got it right last time, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, didn't I? I? Think, I well, we both predicted 2-0 Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. That's yeah. right. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm probably gonna go with the same result but yeah two nil holland i think i mean yeah. obviously you know that's with my head not yeah. my heart but you know what i mean so I, i'll go two nil holland mm-hmm. just because i think we can frustrate them but ultimately i do think they've just got a little bit yeah. too much for us you know yeah well i think it's gonna be four nil to the green and white <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's like really you always get that guy in the news he's just he's just yeah <laughs> I was going to say something, but I, I drunk, very, very drunk. <laughs> very drunk, yeah. Um, and, yeah, a bit of a daz. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, will I be positive for this one? Will I say one all? I mean, I like, I actually can see something like that happening. I can see us, you know, having a Portugal away performance in 2011, 2012, whenever yeah. it was. Um, I don't, you know, they haven't got these world-class players up top, um, I think. I'm, you know what? I'm going to trust Michael for this one. I'm going to say he's going to get us a draw, and we're going to okay. have... Uh, 16th of November is going to be a night where if we beat Holland we qualify for the Euros and yeah. that will be some night I, there you, you know. go yeah, okay. I mean either way that's going to be a good night but I admire that positivity that's yeah. great yeah, okay. yeah. And, I, and honestly if it did happen I don't think I'd be like completely shocked to the point yeah. of like fainting do you know what I mean yeah. I, I, would kinda, I would actually kind of see why, why we made that happen yeah. so yeah I just yeah. can't wait for the game mate, to be honest yeah it's going to be good Thursday night um, 7.45 kickoff. Um, so if you enjoyed this podcast we're just going to wrap it up now uh, if you enjoyed this um, please like our Facebook page on Twitter Instagram we are as well uh, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud iTunes and Spotify whatever is easier for you um, and the other thing is from the, the Match Reaction podcast from Germany if you want to hear a bit more of us obviously that Match Reaction podcast will be uh, still sort of relevant to this one it was only a month ago uh, we did a bit of analysis on that I think it was about 45-50 minutes or so um, so we really dug into that one how well we played what we could have done better and we'll be back uh, on I think it's Friday we're going to record the reaction podcast to this one obviously yeah. we won't be able to talk about the Czech Republic game but I'll maybe put out a wee a quick reaction video yeah. with that on Facebook like I did after Luxembourg mm-hmm. as well so yeah I uh, hope you like this one anyway Um do a bit of build up there for you to get stuck yeah. into before Thursday night. Um, let's hope we can get a positive result. Let's hope so. And thank you very much for coming on. Sorry. Yeah. Very no, impolite of me. I forgot a, to say that. So. At all. I know you appreciate my company anyway. Absolutely. So there you go. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you. Or I'll, you will you will hear me. Uh, that <laughs> doesn't really flow very well. You will hear us uh, after after the Holland game with our match reaction. So thanks very much for listening. Bye bye.